A stereotype, it's faster. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Happy Monday, everybody. Okay, so today we're going to see how this episode goes. <laughs> uh, so uh, so we're doing Up in the Air. Uh, that, that's our movie today. We're, we officially have two weeks left uh, with the original collection, not saying that the pro- the podcast is going to end in two weeks, but, um, among the original 150 something movies that, uh, we were intending to do, uh, we, we, we only got two weeks left. Yeah. Three ups. So we're, we're getting there. We're in the use the last vowel, the last great vowel. And, uh, I, okay. So let, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. So it is 10.30 on Sunday night, and the Golden Globes are on. I did not realize that the Golden Globes were on until the Golden Globes were on. <laughs> I just, I, 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 it just fell through the cracks, and I missed it somehow. I knew the nominations came out. I did a breakdown on uh, some, some recent episode we did. I don't, I don't know. I can't keep track anymore. Um, so I am currently live watching the Golden Globes, so we'll get live reactions throughout the episode to some of the winners uh, in there. I think we're it's 10.30. I'm pretty sure this is supposed to wrap up around 11 or so. Um, I know they're running out of big awards to do, so my, I imagine they're uh, probably going to hammer out uh, Best Actor, Best Actress in Motion Pictures coming up, uh, as well as Best uh, Comedy and Best uh, Drama. I don't. I think they're done with all the TV stuff. If I'm not mistaken, but, uh, but yeah. So all right. So we got a couple. So I'll be giving. I'll, I'll be cutting in throughout the episode, giving my live reactions to some of uh, the picks uh, or the winners, I should say. And uh, and and I I hate the Golden Globes. Like it's a fun broadcast to watch, but I mean this whole. I'm. I mean that's all. What I like about the Golden Globes is that like you have like all every. Like, all the most famous actors in the world, like, in one room just getting shit-faced together. And you don't really have that this year. It's this whole Zoom thing. So it's, it's you know, pretty different. So the Golden Globes really loses its luster because, uh, as we've seen time and time again, they're, the, like, the way they do their nominations are just odd. Like, Hamilton's up for best comedy or comedy or musical, and it's not even a fucking movie. <laughs> like, it, it, like, they filmed a play. Like it's not that I don't know I don't know I, I I went off on it once I and I I really hope it doesn't win so I don't have to go off on it again uh, best director that's another award they have to do um okay so I because of the nature of the episode and like we're doing like a live Golden Globes thing I don't know if we'll do rapid fire reviews today um, if so we'll just bump that to Monday but some of the movies that I imagine that are gonna get uh, mentioned here. Renee Zellweger just came on stage, so I imagine they're about to do Best Actor, because she won Best Actress last year. Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> yeah, Best yeah, best Actor in Motion Pictures. Going on. So because of the nature of this episode today, uh, we are not... Well, I don't imagine we're going to have time to do rapid-fire reviews. Uh, we'll probably just push that off to Wednesday, but as I mentioned, some of... The movies that are going to be nominated here are movies that I would have been talking about in rapid fire reviews anyway, uh, namely Nomadland and um, Promising Young Woman. All right, and they're announcing Best Actor, and it looks like I don't have the sound on, so I can't really tell. Was it? 
Looks like okay. It looks like Chadwick Boseman won, so they're cutting into uh, what I assume is is his wife, uh, and she's speaking now. So, uh, right call there. Well, yeah, I, it's tough call. I mean, I would have personally given it to uh, Riz Ahmad for Sound of Metal, but uh, Chadwick Boseman is just very, 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 very good uh, in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and it's you know. We're not going to get many more. Oh well, we're not going to get any more Chadwick Boseman movies, obviously, uh, with his unfortunate passing. I, I I wonder when the last time they gave out an acting award posthumously at the Globes. It must have been Heath Ledger, unless someone else popped in. But all right, either way. In the meantime, uh, why don't we talk about Up in the Air? Uh, George Clooney, uh, the star of this show, uh, in a in a great cast as well, uh, with Anna Kendrick, Vera Farmiga. Uh, Jason Bateman, J.K. Simmons, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Danny McBride, among many, many others. It's a, it's a, it really is a great cast uh, in this movie. And Up in the Air is, I think, one of George Clooney's best performances. It's also uh, the third in that like original Jason Reitman trilogy, like the first half of his career, so to speak. Uh, and we recently did uh, Thank You for Smoking, which was his debut, uh, it, uh, featured directing debut. Uh, then he did Juno, so thank you for smoking. Kind of put him on the map, and he's already, and you know he's Ivan Reitman's son, so he was already quote on the map. Uh, but you know, thank you for smoking. Solid debut. I think Juno really uh, put him on the map uh, as a director to watch for, and then Up in the Air. Uh, I think he. I, I don't think it really matches uh, the power of Juno, but that being said, I think Up in the Air is still a, a pretty damn good movie. A uh, lot of Great performances, great writing, uh, as well. Just a, it's just a it's it's just a good old fashioned, well written, well acted movie. Technically speaking, uh, you know, not the not a lot of glitz and glamour in this one. You know, it's just I, I mean, it it is it is cool because uh, you know the premise of the movie is uh, George Clooney plays a character uh, who works for a company that enables him to fly all over the country. Uh, you know, he's uh, and he basically goes around firing people uh, for a living. And he basically, uh, like at one point he claims that like he flew over 300,000 miles uh, last year and, you know, it's only 250 to the moon. Uh, so he he's constantly just bopping around city to city. And he preaches this whole idea of, uh, you know, no baggage, no relationships, like living on your own, do, like being your own person. Um, you know, life comes with all this baggage. Uh, okay, let's see. Sorry, I, I know I'm going to be cutting in, in and out, so this episode is going to be really annoying. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard's out there to talk about best director. And I wish they put the names up there. I, I, uh, that's all right, Regina King, David Fincher, Emerald Fennell. I think that's Aaron. Yeah, that's Aaron Sorkin. He's in like a, he's doing like a Zoom party, so it's not just him on stage, and that's Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Uh, I bet they're gonna give it to Zhao, but I would like to give it to Emerald Fennel here for Promising Our Woman, and it is Chloe Zhao. All right, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Uh, I will break down. I, I did watch Nomadland this week. It was. I'll get into it much later with my. Uh, Repertory reviews uh, or on Wednesday show, but No Man Land better than I thought it would be. Still not super great in my opinion, but better than I thought it would be. Uh, all right, back to up in the air. Um, all right, so yeah, so George Clooney plays a character who basically uh, 
loves being on the road because he doesn't like being tied down by anything or anyone. Uh, and then, of course, Anna Kendrick comes in his life, uh, and uh, you know she's the new hotshot at this company he works for. Uh, she's got all these ideas about how to revolutionize everything, and it's threatening to keep him, uh, you know, based out of Omaha, where his company is. And he he wants no part of that, so he proposes to take her on the road, uh, and kind of show. Well, not proposes, but he uh, is assigned to t- kind of take her, take her on the road, and show her the ropes of how the business really works. Uh, and uh, you know, he meets his cast of characters along the meantime, and it's it's cool. Uh, it's a, it's it's a very well written and well acted movie. A lot of self self reflection there. A lot of cool sceneries. Uh, a very modern movie. Uh, movie came out in two thousand nine, um, and I remember I so I saw this movie in theaters. I think I actually think I saw it twice. I think I like I saw it with a friend, and then I think I went to go see it with my family or vice versa like I saw it with my family and then my friends were like oh we're gonna go see up in the air so and like I so I went with them <laughs> like a week later uh but but no I, I, I do really like it I think it's um one of like I said one of Clooney's great performances I think Jason uh you know Jason Reedman it's a it's a solid third film from him I don't really I think this is like the peak of his career like he never really comes back from this, at least as far as like the relevance of his movies, not to say that you know he, he's making bad movies, uh, but it's just not. I don't know. In my opinion, the I I mean I haven't really watched uh, the I haven't watched any of the other ones post up in the air, but I do know for a fact that uh, the critical and like audience receptionism uh, hasn't really been there. So, and they're doing a montage for Palm Springs for best comedy, which was my number two movie of the year last year. So. I hope that wins, but I don't expect it to. Um, all right, so up in the air. Uh, when I say it's a very modern movie, uh, you know, we see like we, we see business people traveling, like we're, they're flying, they're on their phones, they're uh, you know emailing with uh, people, uh, people, and like we see like all these like rewards programs and things like that, just like stuff that I feel like you don't really see that often uh, in movies, and especially uh, like embracing this stuff as like a lifestyle like we've seen like nomadic people in film like that's not that's not really a new concept uh especially people with like attachment disorders and things like that uh i don't know if attachment disorder is what i would say but uh like lone wolves uh, is probably a better way to put it so like again this a lot of the stuff is not something that we've really seen before but in like it's a corporate america story told from the road which like it's a little different from your standard like road trip movie because you know road trips like you know they're on the road you're in cars like we like how i mean the road trip genre it's a genre (laughs) like it's not it's not even like like oh like there's like a handful of movies that like do this like it's a whole genre of uh (laughs) uh uh, you know moves the road trip so uh, what's interesting about this one is like it's a road trip movie in the skies, which I, I feel like we don't we don't really see we don't really see filming inside of airports uh, very often. Like it's like this and like the terminal, and then like airports will serve as like scenes uh, in other movies. But this one, like you know, the life of the airport and ho- and like the hotels and stuff like that, it's an integral part of what uh, Ryan Bingham, George Clooney's character, uh, really enjoys. Like he's. Uh, this like exclusivity and like elite status, uh, you know, programs he's in. It's, uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it's interesting, and and like it is a 
uh, it is something that like you can like for the first like half of the movie you kind of wonder about when like he's uh, kind of like lays his philosophy on thick uh, you know before he ends up falling in love and wanting to uh, kind of revert his ways a little bit um, or rather at it yeah yeah he gets it at crossroads but with like the so for the first half of the movie like we're seeing like what he does like his job I can never do that <laughs> I uh, you know I've interviewed people before I've hired people before I've never had to actually fire someone before I, I I've had to turn people down um, you know but that's a little different obviously and uh, you know as someone who the, watching this movie was a little weird. Um, I, you know, you come at it from a different perspective. So, like I've, like I said, I've seen, the, I saw this movie twice in theaters, not because I liked it, just because like I just like got suckered into it. Um, although not, I did like it. Um, so I've seen this movie probably like I don't know twenty, thirty times. Like it's on TV a decent amount. Um, you know, I own the like I you know I own the DVD. It's it's on a lot of different streaming services, so like it's always just been available. Uh, and I don't know, I just I, I enjoy it. I think it's good. I really love the soundtrack on uh, this movie. Very very uh, cool soundtrack uh, from Jason Reitman here. A um, lot of lot of acoustic stuff, which is cool. Um, but so watching this movie gives me a different like I was able to watch it with a different perspective this time because. Uh, back in April, uh, you know, I got laid off and, you know, it wasn't anyone's fault. You know, it's like, I, I, I really enjoyed my job, uh, that I had at the time and bit like the business I worked for just shut down as a result of that. So like I had no hard feelings. So, but that feeling of, uh, just like, oh, like, oh shit, like, what am I going to do now? Granted, like, a lot of, like, uh, so they do this thing in the movie where it's kind of like a documentary where they're, uh, sh- like, they interviewed, like, real people and they put them in, uh, in the movie and they, uh, you know, real people who had just uh, lost their jobs. Uh, and the movie came out uh, pretty, during the, the economic recession um, in 2009, Great Recession. And it's interesting because. Like, you know, I mean, times change. Like, this movie was more than a decade ago, but it's, like, the feeling's still the same way. Like, and, and, like, when I first got laid off, it was interesting because I wasn't really, like, I, I wasn't really worried about anything because, you know, I think, like, a lot of us, we didn't really know how long this was going to last. And, like, I was under the impression that, like, I my job would just be, like, waiting for me. <laughs> um, but then, like, as time goes on and, like, things don't get better, really, like, it was like, oh, shit, like, this is real. Like, I might be, like, out of work, out of work. So, uh, and, and, like, like like I said, I wasn't really stressing at first, but then, like, the first, like, three months of it went by. And, like, you know, I was, like, I, I was looking for jobs, uh, you know, here and there, but... I was still just kind of like, like in the back of my mind, I was just like, oh, like I'm just going to go back. Uh, but then, you know, time goes on, it gets worse. Uh, like you start interviewing with places and then you realize like everyone else, like this is happening to everyone else. So everyone's trying to do what you're trying to do. And it makes it really, really hard to stick out. Uh, and like, as time goes on, like, so I went on unemployment in April, stayed unemployment in April. And then... <laughs> it was funny because I oh they're doing best comedy right now but I'll okay um, 
I was scared as I like at the beginning I was making more money from unemployment with the whole like extra $600 thing than I was prior to working so like again it I wasn't really totally scared about it uh, for that reason like I was doing fine uh, but then like that stuff cuts out and then like time goes on and cutting in and the winner best comedy is Borat it looks like all right I disagree but you know it is what it is um and there's Sasha Baron Cohen uh yeah Palm Springs should have won that one but okay so uh back to my emotional thing uh like I like uh so as time went on like uh you know when you go on unemployment like you have it for six months uh, and at, like as you get closer to that six months, you're just like, oh shit! Like my insurance is about, is about to end. My, uh, you know, like the benefits are about to run out. Like I'm about to be screwed. Uh, and then luckily, like just you know, the way things worked out, I was able to uh, find new employment after like the week after my unemployment ended. So it was perfect timing, absolutely perfect time. But uh, the feeling that uh, you know I was able to relate to a lot of the other people here. Um, just like that feeling of like, oh shit, like what am I going to do? Like, how is this, uh, like, how am I supposed to like make a living? Like I'm, you know, I'm not in a position like a lot of people in the movie where it's like, you have like a mortgage and kids and things like that. But you know, uh, like, Hey, I got plans, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm only 28, 20 or yeah, I was 27 most of the year. You know, like I'm 28 now and like, you know, I'm like, I'm engaged. I want to, you know, get married. I want to get that house. I want to get, uh, you know, start this, you know, life, so to speak. Uh, so it was scary. It was a really scary time. So uh, seeing this uh, movie this time and like being able to relate to them, uh, relate to those people in ways that I hadn't before was really cool. Uh, it was re- really cool for me. Uh, gave me just a complete different perspective on the movie because like the first time I saw it, like I said, I was 16. Like I didn't, I didn't know any better. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's part, it's, that's kind of the cool things about movies. Like as you get older, like you, you like you're able to relate to certain things in other ways that uh, you hadn't before. Um, all right, so why don't we talk about uh, some of the performances in the movie? Obviously, George Clooney uh, is uh, at the top of his game. It's one of the best roles I think I've seen him in. Uh, again, not his best movie, and I don't know like. Picking George Clooney's best role is tough because, A, he's been so good for so long. Um, you know, there's Syriana, uh, which he won, an, uh, he won an Oscar for. Uh, this comes to mind. Michael Clayton comes to mind. Um, ah, geez. Uh, I know. I should probably pull up this thing. Um, yeah, so The Descendants uh, with Alexander Payne, uh, the director. So, like, he's been so good for so long that it is tough to pinpoint like what's his best performance oh brother where art thou another great one very very off you know different from a lot of the other things we've seen him in uh and Clooney's actually I wouldn't I don't want to do the math right now but Clooney's got to be near the top of uh number of appearances in the show like his movies like I know he's done this he has the whole Oceans franchise uh so that puts him at four Oh, Brother Art, that was five. Um, I know there's more Clooney stuff in here. I just can't read the 
shelf right now, so uh, we'll get back to that one. But I know there's a lot of Clooney <laughs> um, on that shelf somewhere. So uh, I think it, it, like he's so good in this movie, but he like the uh, the only reason why I don't want to say like it's his best movie is because like he does the he does the Clooney thing, like you know he does the cool, charming, like funny guy. Uh, here, like the the same George Clooney we've seen, like dozens of times uh, over the years. It's kind of like uh, you know, in the last episode we talked about Training Day. I talk about like Denzel does the Denzel thing, <laughs> uh, you know, and like we've just seen it so many times. So like when you, I, like I don't know, uh, I don't think that Clooney is, I like I I do really like George Clooney, but like his thing can get annoying sometimes. But when he doesn't do it, that's when it really sticks out. Uh, like, when he's like, oh, shit, like, George Clooney's, like, not, you know, being cool. Or not being, like, suave. Uh, this movie is very much tailored to him. <laughs> the character is very tailored to him. Uh, so, it, I don't know. But, like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm criticizing because he is great. And, I, actually, let me pull up the Oscars real quick. Who did he lose to? And best actor that year. The movie's nominated for six Oscars, one zero. Uh, he lost to Jeff Bridges in Crazy Heart, uh, alongside Colin Firth in A Single Man, uh, Jeremy Renner in The Hurt Locker, and Morgan Freeman in Invictus. Um, tough crowd there. I mean, I would actually almost give it a Clooney here, but is this the year I think it was? Um, no, this wasn't the Borat year. Yeah, that, no, that's a tough year. I think I actually, yeah, I think I would give it to George Clooney. Uh, there, but I mean, Jeff Bridges, like that seemed more like a like a career achievement Oscar than like you know you were the best actor this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, he is great in that movie. Uh, I've only seen it once though. Uh, but uh, Clooney's really fucking good uh, in this one. Jeremy Renner also, uh, you know, pro- would pro- you know. He's on the short list there. Uh, all right, Clooney. G- great job. Great job, Clooney. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Anna Kendrick, this movie kind of put her on the map. Um, I know she was, I was, I, like, it's kind of crazy to think, like, how young she was in this movie. Like, and I know that, like, part of her character is, uh, you know, like, she's, like, that's part of the character is that she's, like this young hotshot, like fresh college grad who's like reorganizing this you know million dollar company, uh, so and but like she's only twenty four, I think when yeah she's twenty four when the movie comes out, and if I'm not mistaken this was very early, uh, like one of her first roles, um, she had been yeah her first credit uh, is in a movie called Camp, from two thousand three, and then she. Uh, she was Twilight in 2008. That's like her first. That, that's probably like her big break, uh, so to speak. Uh, what are they doing? Is this best? Yeah, best actor in a comedy. It's Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat again. So, uh, what a world! <laughs> St- stiff competition this year. Um, you know, if Borat two, Borat two won the Golden Globe for not only Best Picture, but Sacha Baron Cohen for Best Actor. Not saying it was bad, but, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. At least Hamilton didn't win either of that stuff. It's not even a fucking movie. Um, all right, so 2008, uh, Anna Kendrick uh, probably gets her, uh, you know, big, big break 
uh, with uh, Twilight. And, you know, I know she's just like a secondary character in that one. And then uh, Up in the Air comes out in 2009 and she gets nominated for an Oscar. So it's kind of crazy to think that uh, like she's been around for this long because I feel like she's... Like she, a she's still like super, like she's still super young. Like she's thirty five, thirty four, thirty five right now. So, um, it's it's crazy to just like go back and like look at this role. And like she, you know, she's gone off and had this great career uh, in both film and TV. Uh, you know, the Pitch Perfect franchise was a huge hit. Um, but you know, she's also she can do drama, she can do comedy. Um, like we've seen her in everything from like Mike and Dave need wedding uh, need wedding dates um, to I know she what was that Christmas movie she did last year she did a Christmas movie with Bill Hader uh, you know she has uh, sing her singing career she's done uh, some voice work um, so yeah Anna Kendrick's been kind of all over the map uh, and had a great career I know she you know she does a lot of commercial work as well. Um, yeah, no, she, she's she's a great actress. She's great in this movie. Uh, I think, and let me check this out. Uh, I don't know. They, like, they just, they nailed the whole, like, perky, kind of, like, overachiever, like, you know, uh, what's the word? They call Ryan this on The Office, the young, like, someone who's really successful for the young age. I don't know, but... Uh, she's like the whole like overachiever like you know Cornell Ivy League uh, like smarter than everyone gonna come in and change everything kind of thing I think they nailed uh, the casting here and she lost to Monique uh, for Precious I have not seen Precious so I don't want to judge um, also nominated that year with Maggie Jill- Maggie Gyllenhaal and Crazy Heart Penelope Cruz and Nine and her fellow co-star Vera Farmiga um, a rare two actors from the same two actresses from the same movie uh, nominated in the same field uh, so unfortunately they kind of probably took uh, votes away from one another but uh, of the five I've so I've seen two of the movies there's only four because again you know two nominate two people are nominated in the same thing I've seen up in the air I've seen crazy heart I would give it to Anna Kendrick uh, but I don't but like I, I what I remember is that Monique, when she won, like, that was, like, people were, like, absolutely blown away. And, I again, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really, you know, fairly uh, assess it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Anna Kendrick, she was that good. I think she could, she definitely could have made a case uh, there. Uh, ultimately, ultimately, up in the air, like, it got nominated for six things. And outside of, like, Clooney, which, you know, is also, like, it's a stretch. Uh, I think, you know, 0 for 6 sounds good. I would have maybe thrown in a, you know, a nominee for Best Editing in there, but it got uh, all the major ones you want. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Leading Actor, two Supporting Actresses, uh, nominations, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, yeah, I don't think it should have won anything, uh, aside from maybe Clooney. Maybe uh, Clooney, but, but here we are, and the world is just okay that it didn't win anything. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Vera Farmiga, let's talk about her. Uh, I think she's great. She's one of these like fun actresses that like she she's in a couple of great movies, but she doesn't really. I feel like she doesn't really pop up that often. Uh, very talented actress. I, first time I saw her was in The Departed. Uh, then there was this, and I know she hasn't really. I mean, she's gone on like she's had a successful career. 
you know, uh, I know she's been nominated for a couple of Emmys uh, since then. She was on the Bates Motel. Uh, Bates Motel. Uh, she got a Best Actress nominee, uh, Emmy nominee for that. And then two years ago, uh, she was nominated for When They See Us uh, in a Best Supporting Actress role. So she's got like she she's had a successful career. Uh, Orphan. I know she's done. Yeah, she's done some horror movies. Uh, since The Nun uh, as well. Uh, so very, I don't know, she's got this like really cool energy about her, and I think she's uh, cast perfectly in this movie as well. The whole cast is really great, um, top to bottom uh, in this movie. But uh, I think the chemistry with her and George Clooney uh, was, uh, you know, that nailed it, especially like when the three of them were all together, uh, the two of them and Anna Kendrick, uh, and like they're kind of like mentoring her and like, you know, Oh boy, Joaquin Phoenix is here. He's wearing Converse. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix just walked onto the stage. He's wearing Chuck Taylors. A he's wearing a like a hoodie with like a zip up hoodie. It says Animal Equality on it. I'm assuming that's some nonprofit, and he's got a tie on underneath. Oh man, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't give a shit. Oh, this is yeah. Is this the big one? Yeah, this is best uh, best picture drama. And. Let's see, Nomadland, Pieces of a Woman, Trial of Chicago 7, um, Promising Young Woman, Pieces of a Woman and Promising Young Woman, um, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. What is that? Which one is that? Uh, oh! Oh, oh, I'm an idiot. This wasn't Best Picture. This was Best Actress. Uh, so, Andra Day from the United States vs. Billie Holiday uh, won. Wow. Wow. I was not expecting that. Um, I w- I'm pulling for Carrie Mulligan here, but damn, that's that's awesome. That's a that's an upset. Even for the Golden Globes. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know... I, I think the movie just came out on Hulu. I haven't really read too much about it, but I know this was like Francis McDormand's category to lose, I guess. But I was falling for Carrie. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, but I guess not. Uh, damn. All right. Okay, back to up in the air. Yeah, uh, the, the chemistry between uh, Vera Farmiga and George Clooney is great. I th- you know, that whole, like, flirty, uh, you know, escapism thing that they have. Uh, you know, she's the modern girl. Uh, so to speak, which which is cool because it's a character I feel like we don't really see uh, that much of um, uh, in film. And like you know, even you know the I don't know how old she was in this movie, like her thir- like late thirties, early forties, or something like that. Uh, like we don't really see characters like that in like fun roles like this, especially when they're you know in a professional like they're perceived as like these professional successful women. Uh, so very very cool role for her, and I think she absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, and just the the chemistry between her and Clooney makes it really really fun. Um, okay, so rest of the cast: J.K. Simmons, great as always. Danny McBride, uh, early role for him. Uh, you know, adds some nice comic relief uh, in there as well. Zach Galifianakis is uh, the first guy to get fired <laughs> uh, in the movie, and they did some fun uh, editing with him. Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, I, I really enjoy uh, Up in the Air. It's, you know, it, it's not one of my favorite movies, but it's just a good story, and a, it's it's a good story, and it's well-performed. 
Uh, and you can't really ask for much more from that. Uh, okay, here we go. Best uh, drama. We got The Father. We got Mank. Mank stinks. Uh, Nomadland. <laughs> Promising Young Woman. And Trial of Chicago 7. I'm pulling for Promising Young Woman here, but I don't know. I'm surprised Carrie Mulligan didn't win. And it's Nomadland. Okay. Wow. So, all right. So, no, no real shocker there, but... Uh, I will... Okay, so because I know we're already running over and I'm, I still have a couple things I want to do, uh, we're going to save rapid-fire reviews for Wednesday's show. Um, so I'll talk about Nomadland there. Be again, better than I thought it was going to be, uh, but still not... I could, <laughs> I could see like a lot of people like down the road. Like if this one, like this is a big step for Nomad uh, towards you know its best picture run. Um, it's super art house uh, film. Like uh, this isn't a movie that like people are going to be flocking to. I would imagine actually that well, first off, if, if it goes off and wins best picture, I believe this would be the first time a movie that premiered on a streaming service would be best picture winner but I'm not 100% sure on that I don't know how they're really doing all the rules and stuff this year like uh, you know all that jazz uh, but it's got to be the lowest grossing best picture winner of all time has to be has to be but the lowest one was um, it was the Hurt I think it is the Hurt Locker which makes absolutely no sense to me uh, you know a war movie like and especially like even recently like a movie like Moonlight or something like that, um, that's I mean that's crazy. Damn. All right, good, good for Nomadland. All right, why don't we get to some did you knows uh, for up in the air, uh, and then we'll call it uh, for Monday. Well, we're not just gonna call it. We're gonna rank the movie on a scale of one to five hazmats as we always do here. I don't think I've I haven't forgotten. We're 140 some episodes into this. Uh, 50 even, I don't know. I, I, I've also lost count. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Uh, first, did you know, uh, Vera Farmiga used a body double for her nude scene. In an interview, she stated that she has no problem being naked in a film, but she had recently given birth and, quote, the breast milk running down would have been inappropriate. All right. <laughs> do what you gotta do. What you gotta do. I, I, I did know this one. And, uh, you know, when I first saw this movie, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is obviously, you know, watching Vera Farmiga, uh, or so I thought, uh, walk across, like, with a tie around her waist. Um, that, was, that was an exciting scene for 16-year-old Connor. Uh, and even when, but I know this fact, and I was watching the movie with Brenna earlier. She hadn't seen it. And I just yelled out, like, butt double! <laughs> and I explained that to her, and she thought I was being crass, but I was like, no, really, that's, <laughs> like, that's what happened. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, Jason Reitman began writing the screenplay in 2002 uh, when the economy was booming and planned to make it uh, as his first feature. The opportunity to make Thank You for Smoking and Juno presented themselves, and he put this off until 2009. Meanwhile, America plummeted into economic recession. He said the film's tone changed completely in response to the, wor uh, the world crisis and worked much better as a topical piece than it would have a decade previously. This delays... The delays in its realization were therefore fortuitous. Uh, I agree. I think it it really does add to. I mean, like, why would? And you know, I don't know if uh, the guy's job would have changed at all. Ryan's job, like, if like if the movie takes place in a 
time when he's like in in a place of like a booming uh, you know economy, why would he? This guy would be flying around the country firing people. You know, that's not a very interesting interesting story. But the fact that it came out when it did, so many people were losing their jobs. Like it is kind of like there are a lot of parallels to today. Obviously, the circumstances are much different. Um, so, you know, but you know the the like I said before, the feeling of uh, unemployment. It de- like it doesn't matter how it happens. It's uh, it's what's it's what comes next. That's the scary thing about it. Uh, so uh, yeah, no, I think that it, in a weird way, that's you know, the world being in the in the sh- in the shape that it was at the time was probably one of the best things that could have happened to this movie. It completely flips, uh, you know, the narrative of the, of the story. Uh, okay, so uh, co-writer and director Jason Reitman stated that if George Clooney had passed on the role of Rand Bingham, he would have rewritten the part for Steve Martin. Reitman claimed that the movie would have had become much more like Lost in Translation was for Bill Murray. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> no, hard pass. Um, I just, I mean... Well, okay, so he says like it would have done what Lost in Translation did for Bill Murray. Obviously, you know, comedic actor, more dramatic role uh, for him. And don't... Actually, the more I think about it, like, I don't think Steve Martin would have been that bad in this I mean part of what makes the character so cool is that it's like a George, it's George Clooney you know he's suave like he's a ladies man he's um, you know he's a party goer and things like that but like I, I don't really think you would get that from Steve Martin like he'd probably be more like lovable like goofball kind of thing but I don't know I mean uh Jason, I mean, Jason Reitman's made some interesting casting decisions before, and they've also, uh, I, I don't really want to say interesting, but, like, he's just, he casts his movies really well. George Clooney's, without a doubt, the, uh, you know, the biggest name he's had in one of his movies, but, like, you know, he's since gone on, worked with, like, Charlize Theron and Kate Winslet, Josh Brolin, uh, a couple others. Uh, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, trust, I trust him as a director to cast well. So, uh, yeah, no, I... I didn't like it at first, but I, that, the more I talk about it, the more I think that that would actually uh, would have actually been kind of cool. Um, but again, George Clooney, I mean, it's a perfect role for him. So, so uh, it's probably for the best that he did. And Steve, I mean, Steve Martin at this point in his career, you know, 2009, like he was doing like family comedies at the time. Like you don't really see him in too much heavy stuff. So not, and this movie's got some heavy elements to it, but uh, it's just not really a movie we see for him. But again, that's the point. It would have been like, you know, what Lost in Translation was for Bill Murray. They both have the the white hair, that's for sure. Uh, all right, so why don't we rate the movie scale of one to five hazies, or hazmats for all the OGs out there. Uh, and I'm going to give Up in the Air... going to give it three and a half. Uh, I, I feel like I, I have a hard time finding people who actually enjoy this movie as much as I do. Uh, you know, Brennan just thought it was okay. I know uh, there's one frequent uh, recurring guest on the show that we've had who has adamantly told me how much he hates this movie, and I invite you to come on the show and you know retort your point. Um, but no, I just I it's so well written to me. Like I'm like uh, I don't know. Like I, I I it's you, you can't have a good movie without a good screenplay. That's just it's it's pretty simple as that like you can cut you can put you know 
you know, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig, <laughs> uh, so to speak. And in this case, uh, like the screen, like it, it, without a good screenplay, you don't have a good movie. And this is a great screenplay. It's uh, I, I could see how it could I could see how it's not the most entertaining, or you know, maybe it can come off as a little I don't know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. Snooty? I don't know. But I, I don't know. I just, it, it's tough. I, I just, I don't... It, the, the movie's so good. I don't know why people don't like this movie more. But, but like, yeah, like like I mentioned, six, six, six Oscar nominations. I would throw editing in there, too. There's a lot of really cool sequences in this movie. Um, uh, particularly the wet, the whole wedding sequence uh, with... Uh, I forget the name of the song that was playing, but there's a, it's that, like, uh, little acoustic thing. Uh, and they, you know, they nail the whole like northern Wisconsin small wedding with the shitty band and the shitty suits and the, all that stuff. Although George Clooney is a rough, <laughs> rough dancer. Uh, I, I, I will, he, he can do a lot of things well. Dancing isn't one of them, <laughs> or at least his character can. All right, I think that's going to do it uh, for this one. Uh, again, we'll get to rapid fire reviews on Wednesday, and on Wednesday's episode. Uh, this is all I'm going to say about the upcoming uh, movies we have to close out our project here, the, uh, the fourth shelf. Uh, Wednesday's episode is going to be our last drama. Ooh, a lot of comedies coming down the road. So Wednesday's going to be our last drama uh, of the show. And uh, I will, we'll do rapid fire reviews then. And then uh, close out the week with a very funny movie. Uh, all right, so... Go follow us on social media. You can uh, find us at QuarantinemaPod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, The Works. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show uh, on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are heard. You name it, we're there. So in the meantime, have a good week, everybody. And don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.